that you realize that you are not the first person God has ever called and you will never be the last that you are not the first person God will show the vision you are seeing they are spiritual things they have identities of their own they can be identified and that's why the results they produce uh, match up with them so visions are transient so you got to write them down so when visions come you got to write it down the vocabulary of God is vision and that's why if you don't spend time praying in the Holy Ghost you can't traverse well in the spirit so the original language of communication in the spirit is pictures that's it, it's images that the Holy Ghost deals with because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost your spirit is not, your spirit is the one talking and listening to God your soul is a learner in that spirit. what makes receiving possible is vision God is willing to make you a thousand times many more. Experience increase and abundance through the teaching of God's Word by Reverend Peter Alabi. God bless you. Father, we open our hearts tonight to receive your word upon good ground. Let revelation let it flow freely. And we thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' precious name, amen. say louder, Amen. amen. Welcome to day two of World Festival 2023. Hallelujah. Amen. But you blessed last night. And so we're going to go on tonight. You know, when God begins to demand for changes, be careful not to change what shouldn't be changed. All right. So be careful for changes that are foolish. There are foolish changes. So don't make foolish changes. Let be the one influencing. Don't be the one influenced by what is wrong. Standards must be kept. Let this be an instruction to everybody at different levels. Be wise. Don't move things that should be static. There are things that should be static. Don't move them. Don't move them. You know, one of the things God will check are, you know, in the lives of every one of us is that God will usually test your faithfulness. You remember the story in the book of Jeremiah, the sons of uh, the Rechabites. Their father told them never to drink strong wine. Long after their father died, you know, the prophet of the Lord came to them and told them, that he had a word of the Lord that they should drink. But they insisted that they would never do it. You've got to be like that. Yes, Those guys were wise. They knew certain things should never be tampered with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, so as we go on in this year, 2023, be careful for that. Don't change things that shouldn't be changed. All right? Keep certain things. You know, the reason why some things are called basics is because they are the base upon which other things are built. Alright? So you must know your basics. Know your basics, learn your basics, master your basics, and stay with your basics. <clears throat> know them, learn them, master them, and stay with them. Know your basics, learn your basics. Master your basics. Stay with your basics. Don't shift your basics. Stay with them. 
There are many things that we've stayed with over the years as a ministry. Things that uh, you will never see us shift grounds on those things. Right? Wherever we go, no matter, regardless of the class of people we're ministering to, the age, and uh, and all of that. Those are the things that make who, who uh, make us who we are. When the basics shift, you lose your identity. When the basics shift, you lose your identity. You should know who you are, even in your personal life. What are the basics of your personal life? Don't let anything pressure you. All right? Like I, saw, like I said to you earlier, God is going to be usually checking to see how faithful we are. And um, the basic is one of the major tests of faithfulness. The basic is the major test of faithfulness. If, if God sees that you are easily swayed and you can shift and move your basics around, God can't trust you much. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, that's why you should know the basics, learn them, master them, stay with them. Stay with them. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul was saying something about basics. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And um, in verse, uh, let's read from um, verse 16. Wherefore I I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul says, I have, I have my ways. Those are his basics, in other words. He said, these are my ways. And you see, why you know they are his basics? Because he said, that is the way I teach in every church. In other words, no matter which church, it's the same thing. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Ask your neighbor for me. Say, what are your ways? <clears throat> then ask another neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you know our ways here as a church? And you know, of course, the, the people who have the duty to, to bear the weight of the, the basics are leaders. Leaders. Now, you may not yet be in a position of leadership, but you need to understand, um, I, I have always said this from, and I literally mean from day one of this ministry, I'm not raising followers, I'm raising leaders. Now, understand, of course, you can't be a leader if you're not a good follower. But what that means is the intent is to make leaders out of you. You know, for, for many years, we'll say uh, vision is raising great leaders. You remember that? So when we say we're raising stronger believers, that's still what we're talking about. You get what I'm saying? We're not raising people who will just be, you know, just there. Just, they, just, they don't know anything. They don't, you get what I'm saying? They, people who can't think, people who can't uh, make things happen. No, we're raising leaders. Raising champions for God. Is somebody hear what I'm saying now? So when I say the people who really bear the weight of basics are leaders, all right, 
Yes, first of all, it refers to those who are already in the position of leadership. But it's not exclusive to them. It's to everybody. I always tell you in Acts 6, when they were going to choose new leaders in the church, they didn't go to hire people from outside. It's the people who had been there. They were going to replace Judas in Acts 1. They didn't go to outsource. It was from those who had been following Jesus from the day Judas himself started following Jesus. I'll say it again. It's in Acts 1. Okay, let's go read it. All right. Acts 1. I like to flip the Bible when I want to talk about things like this. Acts 1. Okay, Acts 1. And then you notice here, the Bible says uh, in verse 15, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names altogether were about 120. So he says in verse 16, Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled with the Holy Ghost, all right, by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guided to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us, verse 17, and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he bust asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the, the, the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called in their proper tongue, Asel Demar, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein. And his bishop, he said, let another take. Wherefore, I am going to say something about this this evening. Wherefore, of these men, which have companied with us all the time, Look at that now. These men, so not just one person. These men, did you see that? Which have company with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and, in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with, with us of his resurrection. So he means that from the day even Judas himself joined, there were others who joined too. And though he was numbered with the 12, those ones were not numbered with the 12, but they came at the same time. Do you know, some of them might have got discouraged to say, why didn't they put me on the 12? I'm going to leave. You see, in the, in the house of God, it's not about titles. It's not about roles. It's not about visibility. It's about usefulness. God wants you to be useful. And wherever he puts you, be happy being there. You see this. But there's something I needed to see here. Like I said, I'm going to speak on it. Is the fact that, you know, there was the 12, there was the 120. Obviously, these folks now, Matthias replaced him, was one of the 120. But let me tell you this. The intention of the Lord Jesus is not necessarily to replace. His intention is to act. But your behavior can make what is meant to be an addition to become a replacement. I'll say that again. The intention of the Lord is not to replace. His intention originally is always to add. God loves to add to what he's doing. God is a God of additions. Did you see that? However, because of human frailty sometimes, what God brought as an addition ends up being a replacement. Imagine if Judas didn't mess up. 
Did you see what I'm saying? And that's why you need to understand with God that God is committed to his plan for your life. You have to be committed to that plan. But should in case you fail to be committed to that plan, God has a replacement for you. It's a reality you need to come to terms with. The counsel of God can never fail. You might fail, but his counsel will never fail. Now, there, there are possible replacements for you if you do well with God instead of those people being your replacements, they will be additions to you. So you've got to make up your mind that those people will be additions to me, not replacements for me. And that's, that's a personal choice. That's a personal choice. Because they are always going to be around you. <laughs> they are always going to be around you. If you do well, all right, they will be additions rather than replacements. Are you getting me now? And, and that's the reason why you will understand, therefore, that God has room for everybody. You don't need to wish that somebody will fail so that you can rise. No, you have, there's room for you. There's room for you. There's your own place with God. So you don't need to say, oh, well, if that person makes a mistake, then God's going to bring me in. Uh-uh. No. You have your own place. But if that person now fails, well, God will have to use you to replace them. And you see, one, the burden of those God uses as replacement is that they have to do their own original assignment with the assignment of the person they are replacing. Are you getting it? Yeah, they have to do their own assignment. And you know, when Prophet Nathan began to speak to King David, you know, I will, I will show you that this, this um, evening. You know, when Prophet Nathan began to speak to David, Prophet Nathan was David's prophet. You know, there were certain statements he made about Saul that should make everybody behave himself. Because he repeated those words very firmly. That look, this is what God is about to do with you, but this was what he intended to do with Saul. There is such a thing. Now, what God intended to do with somebody, he, did, he couldn't do it. Then he finds somebody else with whom he will now do it. Sometimes I feel, you know, maybe because there are not so many bold ministers that are frank enough to say some of these things for real. That's why people don't realize these are actually realities with God. You need a bold prophet like Nathan to tell you, sir, what God is doing with you now, he planned to do with so-and-so person before. That person failed. Because that will make your head correct. That you realize that you are not the first person God has ever called. And you will never be the last. That you are not the first person God will show the vision you are seeing. You are not the first. As a matter of fact, God, as we just seen with the apostles, God might actually be showing you and other people the same thing at the same time. <laughs> One of the things this does to us is to humble us. You need to be humble. Because I've seen people that they never go past their, their level of seeing vision because of pride. 
Just because he has seen the vision now, he's proud. He has not even started walking the road. He has only seen the vision. Nobody's going to hear what again. Because he feels he is the only one seeing it. No, you are not the only one, sir. You are not the only one. You are not the only one. God is giving opportunities. That's why nobody can accuse God of not giving him opportunity. God gives opportunity to everybody. That's why one of the boldest confessions you can make is, I do not lack for opportunity. I do not. (laughs) Say it after me. Say, I do not lack for opportunity. (laughs) Glory to God. Oh, no, I do not lack for opportunities. I do not lack for money. My God supplies all my needs. So the most important one, we say it again. Say, I do not lack for opportunities. Say it one more time. Say, I do not lack for opportunities. Yeah. And say, I'm filled with wisdom to maximize all my opportunities. Say amen to that if you believe. You know, so you got to be bold about that. God gives opportunities to all of us. So, but you trust God for wisdom to maximize your opportunities. To maximize your opportunities. Because it takes wisdom. It takes wisdom. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So, yeah, I was saying these leaders that need to, uh, to pay attention to basics the most because they bear the burden of keeping the basics. And like I said to you earlier on, think like that. You're a leader. That's what took us to Acts of Apostles, seeing those folks who were there from the time of his baptism at uh, the Jordan. And, uh, and so it was easy for them to select one of them to replace Judas. You see, because they, they, they had always been there. But they were not just always there as figureheads, just wasting time and wilding the way there. No, they were, they were there and they were observant. You know, I believe there is such a thing as intelligent observation. Be, be intelligently observant. Yeah. In the new year, this year, we're in it already anyway. Be intelligently observant. You see, don't just observe. Observe in your capacity. You know, when, when, when we go to a football uh, pitch to what, you know, my birthday, Man City beat Liverpool. The glory of God, why wouldn't we beat them on my birthday? I really wanted to watch that match, but, you know, and um, I was checking the tickets, and, you know, you see some for as, as high as 800 pounds. I said, no, no, no. I love the club, but not this much. <laughs> <laughs> because it was late, so the tickets were higher. But you see different categories of where you can watch. You can sit in certain places, you know, you feel you are in your sitting room. And all of that. And different people will watch a match in different stands in the stadium. But you know, in the same way too, their coach can't play. He has to also watch. But did you know that their coach can't watch the match the way fans watch the match? That's what I mean by intelligent observation. Observing your capacity. When the match is being played, the coach is observing in his capacity as a coach. So he is not trying to enjoy the match. He is observing his team. Because he has a goal. He wants to win the cup. The fan doesn't have that duty or responsibility. 
The fans have come to be entertained. And of course, they want their team to win. But how the team wins is not their responsibility. So the way the fans are watching is not the way the coach is watching. Know your place and observe from your place. Observe from your place. Some of you with callings that you're already clear about the kind of thing God would have you do in his house, in his kingdom. The way you observe things should be different. It should be different. I began to observe differently from when I was a teenager because I already knew at that point the hand of the Lord was upon my life. So I'll play on the keyboard. I played the keyboard for over 16 years in different churches, you know, and all the branches and all those things. And everywhere, even though I was on the keyboard, my observation was as a minister, as a pastor. I was on the keyboard, but I saw more things than many ministers saw in the church. Yeah. I did. I remember when I, uh, you know, all those years playing keyboard in Rema Chapel. And I remember 2014, I went to preach in Kenya. The wife of my host, you know, was born in Rema Chapel, grew up there. She, she, in fact, she told me, she said she had never been to any other church in her life until she married her husband. So she, the only church she knew in her life was Rema Chapel. She literally used to cook Reverend George's food, lived in his house, made his food for years. And so she knows him like the back of her hand. And you know, I haven't been in Rema Chapel all those years and observed so well. And I preached in their church for a week. She looked at me and said, how did you carry his spirit this strong? And you never lived in a lorry? How? And I just looked and I said, Ma, well, I just observe a lot. Just sit down, observe, sit down, observe, sit down, observe. Well, I knew pastors in that church who when they speak, you can't even tell that it's your job that trained them. I'm telling you. What was their problem? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I won't tell you. Because if I say I don't know, that would be a lie. <laughs> Did you see what I'm talking about? Because the capacity from where you observe is a big deal. It's a big deal. Don't observe as somebody who has no goal. Watch. How are things done? Be conscious of your place. That should determine and influence your observation of things. Be conscious. Be conscious. Your place, your identity, your assignment, your future. Those are the things that determine your kind of observation. Over the years, many times you see people Listen to the same messages, watching the same messages, and you, I'm shocked sometimes when I, when I, when I make reference to the statements made in the messages we watch together, and most of the people that we watch together can't even remember that it was ever said, and I wonder, but we all saw it, and sometimes I've had to, I was, let's rewind, let me show you, they said it, and I wonder, but we're all watching it together, why you guys weren't paying attention, until I later realized that, well, those things didn't matter much to them. But it mattered to me. Is what I'm saying now. Yeah, it mattered to me. It mattered to me. Why? Because I was observing differently. That's why Jesus said to the people, when you went to the Jordan, 
to be baptized of John. He said, what did you go there to see? What did you go there to see? Some things are not important. And if those are the things that get your attention, you will miss the real things. Some things are not important. Unfortunately, if those are the things that get your attention, you will miss the important things. One of the things that are not important is position. You know, some people are only passionate about things that they are in charge of. If he's not in charge of it, he can't be passionate about it. That's a dangerous spirit. Get excited about life. Be happy to serve. Be happy to be part of what God is doing in his house. No matter where you are in it. The fact that you are part of it is enough. Are you hearing what I am saying? Yeah. It should be enough. You know when I was a keyboardist, I had many experiences where people would come to me after service and say, you know what blessed me the most in today's service is the way you were playing. I was just a keyboardist. It happened in a few churches that I played keyboard. Yeah. So it's just the way you play the keyboard because I'm happy doing it. I just love it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Let this year be the year where your passion rises. Where you are. Let it be the year. Are you seeing what I'm saying now? Your passion, your joy, your drive for it. You're just excited to be part of it. David said, I'll, I'll just, I'll rather be a doorkeeper in God's house. So I, I love it like that. In other words, he's saying, as long as I'm a part of what you're doing, Lord, I'm happy. Are you happy? <laughs> Give me three hallelujahs. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> All this is not part of my message. I'm just flowing as the Spirit is leading me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, because sometimes I've been in places, I've seen the carnality of man. Now, this, this, is, this is good admonition because we're in a season where we're moving things around. Some of the team's leadership will change and all that. And I'll be watching you. Now, me, I have time to watch. I have more time to watch now. Uh, so I'll be watching you to be seeing your attitude. So I'll see the person who, when they they bring another person to be leader. Maybe one of your friends now becomes the leader of your team. I want to see whether you will now start asking to change team. That's when I'll really see the kind of person you are. Are you hearing what I am saying? The pastor was speaking to me and uh, something had happened in the ministry. And I preached in that church in England a few years ago. And he told me how that, uh, you know, he had left the church uh, under some very un savory circumstances, misunderstanding and misconstruing of many things. Great man. And I felt it was a great loss to that ministry that that man had to leave. You know, and it was just some people who didn't like him anyway. And maybe let me not say like him. People who just wanted the favor of the founder of the ministry. And just turned the, everything around and spoiled things. And the man said to me, he said, you know, all those years, he said, I, I, what I was trying to just do was to get to the set man and let him realize that we saved all our money. They never touched their tithe for eight years. So, save the money to buy a property. We just needed to go ahead. You know, and, um, and that he had said, sir, you know, I don't mind. I pastored this church for eight years. I'm not really a pastor. I just had to stand in as a stopgap. You remember stopgaps? 
You know? <laughs> and he said, sir, any amongst the people that I had pastored for eight years, if you would choose any of them to be pastor, I will gladly stay under him and support him. You know, and I know him. I've known him for over 20 years. And I said, I, I, I looked at him and I know he's not saying it because he's just trying. He means it. And the Lord said to me, he said, I don't have many people like this. I mean, literally, people that he had, he said, look, he said, see, I'm not called to be a pastor. I only did this because there was a crisis and I had to step in. And so, if they will find anybody, even amongst the people I have pastored, he said, I will stay under him and I will support him so that he can do well. And I said, my God, what a heart. And you know, the Lord said to me, he said, I don't have many people like this. I believe there is a training that can bring your heart to that place. Because I, I don't think anybody comes from heaven with such a heart. Because that's not a natural heart. That is a cultured heart. Come on now, I'm going to say it again. That's a cultured heart. It's a cultured heart. It's a cultured heart. It's a cultured heart. Because if you think it, it came with him naturally, then that will make you feel it's not possible for everybody to have it. And that, that's not true. Every believer can be like that. Are you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody say, I can be like that. I can be like that. Yeah. You know, Smith Wigglesworth said, a lot of people would like to see miracles if people can see them doing it. They would love to do miracles, see miracles in their lives, as long as people see them doing the miracle. In other words, they want credit. But no, that's not the way of God. Would you, would you be content if a lot of miracles are happening through you and it is untraceable to you? Let me just turn. They will say, get over yourself. You are, you are sounding like you're scared of your neighbor. Look at them. Say, so get over yourself. If I look back at them and tell them, in case you're wondering, it's a good advice. I'm telling you, it's really good advice. Because it's one of the best counsels you can get. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. So yesterday we saw in Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will part of my spirit or part my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Now, the word vision here, or visions here, is the Hebrew word shizayon. All right, we're going to get into a little more detail. Remember, we have eight parts. Today is part two, or eight sessions, I meant to say. And that word means a revelation, especially by a dream. Shizayon, C-H-I-Z-Z-A-Y-O-N. I'll spell it to you again. C-H-I-Z-Z or Z, whichever way you were taught. C-H-I-Z-Z-A-Y-O-N. It's pronounced Chizoyon or Chizoyone. All right. It means a revelation, especially by dream. That's the word used in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 17. When Nathan was speaking, and the Bible says, 
according to all these words and according to all this vision, that's the Hebrew word, Chizion, so did Nathan speak unto David. If you back up to verse 4 and 5, it says, And it, it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shall thou build me a house for me to dwell in? So in other words, at night, Nathan the prophet, if you go read the whole chapter, he had the vision of the Lord. And of course, in that vision, God spoke to him. And he brought those words to King David. Did you see that? But he came in a vision. He came in a vision. In Job chapter 4, Job chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and mine here received a little thereof. Verse 13, in thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men. The word visions there again is the word chizayone, same Hebrew word. And that was Eliphaz speaking. Eliphaz the Timonite, the friend of Job, one of his friends. In Job 7, verse 13 to 14, Job himself lamenting. He says, when I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint. Then thou scarest me with dreams and terrifies me through visions. That's Job speaking. You know, Job misconstrued a whole lot of things. And uh, thank God for his friend Elihu. Americans will say Elihu. Elihu. Did you see that? Who rebuked him and told him, would you justify yourself against God? Now, the man was lamenting. So here he's saying in ignorance that God terrified him through visions. And that's the word again, she's ioning. In Job 20, verse 8, he shall fly away as a dream. And this is another of Job's friend. This time, this is Zophar, his friend, the friend of Job. He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. Did you see that? Let's read from verse 4 to 7. And I want to show you something here. All right. Uh, but before I show you, let's read from verse 4 to 7 of this same Job chapter 20. If you have it, say, I have it. Glory to God. He said, Knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short? Did you see? And the joy of the hypocrite, but for a moment. And I wanted to take note of that. That's why you should never envy the wicked. You know, because Zophar is saying this. And then King David also said this in the book of Psalms. He said because when he saw the wicked prospering, he got bothered. That, so what is the point of living right? He said until God showed me their end. And Zophar again is also talking here. and said, He said, knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed on, upon the earth. So he's telling you, this is the way it has been from generation to generation, the wicked never last. So in other words, don't be the wicked. Are you hearing me now? The wicked do not last. Particularly the ones amongst them that look like they are prospering. They will waste away if they don't repent. And that's why you don't need to bother yourself. Sometimes the things people lose sleep over is needless. So you know some people, you know they, you know, they've risen in your office, you know, and they've, they've, they've cut corners and 
and all that. Don't go sit with those people who are always complaining about it and say, yeah, we are just here, we are just here, we are just here. One cannot even make it without, you're already using your mouth to curse yourself. Don't lose sleep over them. He says, knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon the earth. He's telling you, from time. It means from the first man made, from Adam. This is a law of this earth. That the triumphing of the wicked, wicked is short. It's short. So people have used you, abused you, cheated you, hurt you, and yet it looks as if they went scot-free. No, they are not going scot-free. But you don't bother yourself about them. Move on with God's plan for your life. Things will sort themselves out. Is somebody hear what I'm saying now? And then he says, and the joy of the hypocrite, but for a moment. They can't laugh long. No. They can't laugh long. It's not possible. So learn these things. The wisdom, see, the wisdom for life is in the word. <laughs> As we say, they are learning life lessons from stupid things happening around them. See life lessons inside the Bible here. Life, pure life lesson. Clear and simple. <laughs> Verse 6. Though his excellency, so should I understand who he's talking about. Though his excellency mount up to the heavens and his head reach unto the clouds, yet he shall perish forever. Like his own dung. Like the feces that come out of his body. That's what he's saying. Did you see that now? He says, they which have seen him shall say, where is he? Where is he now? You see, if you are a little, you know, if you if you are if you are a little old, you know, you can identify some people like this. There was a politician in the southwest. <laughs> My God, where is he? <laughs> they used to go and eat in his house, Amala, and all those things. He is no more. He was larger than life. Whatever he did in his town, nobody could question him. He is dead now. I don't know what has become of that place. Those of you know, who know that area? No, you now know, know who I'm talking about. Politicians who were larger than life, as in police arrest who? Which government would do it? Yet he shall perish forever like his own dog. They which have seen him shall say, where is he? So where is he now? Where is he now? Where is he now? No, there are people who are shouting, they will be this, they will be that, they will take the government, they will do whatever, whatever, whatever. Don't worry. Four years from now, you will also ask, where are they? So where are they now? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Tell them, be humble. You didn't say it well. Ah, say, hmm. If I look at it, I say, beloved. Be humble. <laughs> and then he goes, goes on to say, he shall fly away as a dream. And that's what brings us to the word Chizaioni. He says, and shall not be found. 
yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. And now, this is the point I want to make from there. Because in the use of the word vision here, and of course he mentions dream as well, he helps us see something important that we must learn. Visions are transient. If you don't capture it in writing and action, you will lose it. Visions are transient. They must be captured in writing and action. Visions are transient. They must be captured in writing and action. God shows you something, write it down. And then, as he leads you, begin to act on it. So same thing God tells you, gives you instruction. You've got to write it. You know, what's that I've been uh, asking me, is it that uh, the, the theme for CMC 2023 and all that? And, and you know, far enough, about a week ago, when he asked again, I said that, uh, I want to remind you about the theme. I got that theme about three weeks ago, but I didn't write it down. I'm still praying to get it back. I'm still praying to get it back. I tell you, because I was wondering, and it's very much unlike me, you know. You know, I'm still praying to get it back, you know, as I'm talking to you now. <laughs> he said, that is it going to be so difficult? Don't worry, I'll get it before we can. <laughs> this is what I'm saying now. But I know I got it. And I've been searching in my spirit, where is it? You know, that's why it's when you're working with God, you need to be a person of exactitude. Writing makes an exact man. When you write, you'll be exact. Writing makes an exact man. When a man writes, he becomes an exact man. And that's why you shouldn't be a person who deceives himself. So I can't just come and say, let me shall give you one. And assume he's the one. No, there's no assumption. See, in the spirit, he's, he's more real than this realm. I will be deceiving myself. <laughs> in the same way, in the realm of the spirit, when I see that thing again, I will know it is, it is the thing. That's how, that's how real the spirit realm is. It's as real as that. It's as real as that. It's as real as that. If God told you something and you forgot to write it down, like I'm talking to you about it now, yeah? Don't deceive yourself and try to conjure something and say that's it. No. Because that, that name, that thing, it has a DNA of his own. It's like a human being. Your word is like a human being. When God gives it to you, you will see it like it is my word. <laughs> and that's the way we live this life of faith. God gives us word. And when the word comes from the Lord, we know this is the word from the Lord. We know it. So it's not that we are conjuring thoughts. <laughs> These things have identities of their own. They are spiritual things. They have identities of their own. They can be identified. And that's why the results they produce uh, match up with them. Are you hear what I'm saying now? It's a pairing. It's a pairing. It's a pairing. When you see what the word produces, you should be able to tell the word produces this thing. Yeah. The word produces this thing. The word produces this thing. That's the, that's the same reason why a single sister, out of four brothers asking you out, you can tell this is the one the Lord sent. You should be able to tell that this one is of the Lord. And that's the one I'm going with. Same thing as a brother. You're looking, you know, the possible ladies. And you should be able to tell this is the one. This is the one. 
Why? Because that's the one upon whom the word of God will light. <laughs> the word will light upon that one. The word will light upon that one. You're looking for a property. You will know. Because you can see the word of the Lord has lighted upon this one. <laughs> You're praying about where to stay. Relocation. You will know. you Because the word of the Lord will light upon that nation. And you will know this is where we are going. This is where we are going now. This is the place we are going. Are you hearing what I am saying now? It was not Kalu Kalu that Cornelius was playing in Acts 10. The angel said to him, there is a man by the name of Simon Peter. He is in the house of a Simon, the Simon the Tanner at Joppa. Send your guys there. When you get Peter, Peter will tell you what to do. <laughs> There's no Kalu Kalu about it. The same Lord who sent the angel to him had sent the Holy Ghost to Peter too. Amen. See, that thing you are still thinking about, that vision you saw. See, there are three men downstairs. Follow them. I sent them. <laughs> you know why? Because the word will pair up with its manifestation. They have to pair up. You see why you should never live in anxiety? Just get a word from the Lord. It will attract his counterpart manifestation. Because there is a counterpart manifestation to every word from God. Your own is get the word. The word will attract its counterpart manifestation. That it will attract what it says. It will bring it to pass. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> So yes, when visions come, they're transient. So you've got to write it down. Write it down. And then, as the Spirit leads you, the operative word is, as the Spirit leads you, begin to act on what you saw. Do you see that? So visions are transient, so you've got to write them down. So when visions come, you've got to write it down. Write it down. Now, you imagine, God was going to give a word to King David in Second Samuel, we just read, through prophet Nathan. And the Bible says it came to him in a vision. You know, the, the reason is because oftentimes you need to understand the vocabulary of God is vision. God speaks in pictures. So usually when, when you hear or say, the Lord said, the Lord said, whatever it is the Lord said, we saw it. And then we are now using our language to communicate it. But originally, the way God brings it to you is God brings it to you in pictures. So you need to learn it. God talks in pictures. God talks in pictures. And let me say this. Vision is the language of reality. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Vision is the language of reality. And that's why God talks in pictures. Because God, is, God deals in realities. So, so when he's about to bring a reality into material realm, he, he shows you part of it. <laughs> that's actually what happens. God is a dealer in realities. God doesn't deal in fantasies. No. God is too big for that. God doesn't deal with fantasies, no. God deals in realities. So when he wants to bring those realities into the material realm, 
then he, he looks for a man or a woman and he shows them a glimpse of it. And that is communication. That's his mode of communication. That's how God communicates to man. He puts the image in your spirit. Then it is you who is now trying to interpret what you saw with your own language. That's why it's not as if God talked talk to you in English. No. English is a low-level low communication protocol. <laughs> Very low-level communication protocol. English, French, Spanish, too small. That's why when Isaiah began to see the things in redemption, he said, eyes have not seen this one. Yes, I've not heard this one. So it has not entered. That is the heart of man doesn't have the capacity to conceive it. <laughs> but Paul came and said, but God now revealed it to us by his spirit. You know why? Because it is only the Holy Ghost that has the capacity to take those realities from God's mind. Then he will break it down to what your mind can conceive. And that's why if you don't spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, you can't traverse well in the Spirit. You can't. That's why as we speak in tongues, what do we usually get in return? Images. <laughs> images. That's what we get in return. It is the images we see in prayer that we now communicate in words. So the original language of communication in the spirit is pictures. That's it. It's images that the Holy Ghost deals with. It presses them on your spirit. It's imprinting them. It's imprinting them. He imprints them upon the tables of your spirit, man. And that's why the, the, the longer we fellowship with the Lord, guess, watch this, the more intelligent our minds become. Because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, your spirit, is not, your spirit is the one talking and listening to God. Your soul is a learner in that school. Your soul is being schooled. Your mind is being schooled in prayer. Your mind is being schooled in prayer. Because your mind begins to see things that he has never seen before. Like, hey, what is this one they are saying now? Hey, what is this one they are talking about? Wow. And the more those things come to pass in your life, the more renewed your mind becomes. Are you hear what I'm saying now? Yes, sir. So God speaks in pictures. He speaks in pictures. Come upon me, Jeremiah 33 verse 3 again, and I will answer you, and I will show you. Did you see that? <coughs> Excuse me. How did he say I will answer? He said I will answer you by showing you. I will answer you by showing you. <laughs> by showing you. Showing you. That's what God is going to do. He's going to show you things. He's going to show you things. And I'm going to see what God is showing me. <laughs> when he spoke to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1, 11, 12, and 13, he asked him, he said, well, what do you see? So God is having a conversation with him. God is going to say, wait first, what are you seeing? Because <laughs> I'm trying to show you something. The moreover, a of God came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Verse 12, God said, Thou hast seen well, or well seen. Now, I was God is having a conversation, and God is saying, Wait first. Let me be sure you are seeing what I'm showing you. So, what do you see? Tony said, yeah, That's correct, fine. 13, he asked him again, What do you see? Yeah, said, yeah, correct, good. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
Because at every step, God is concerned what you are looking at. He wants to be sure that what he is showing is what you are looking at. So what do you see? <laughs> so I see a season point and the face thereof was not. Do you see? He's so concerned about that. Because that's what God is showing. Images, images, images. I thought you see David saying, I have set the Lord at my right hand. He is before me and I shall never be moved. Did you see that? I set him before me. I set him before. Why is he before me? Because he's the one I'm going to be looking at. And how am I looking at him? I'm looking at what he's showing me. When you focus on what God is showing, that's God you are looking at there. The Lord must be set before us. And what is the enemy always trying to do? To distract you from looking at what God is showing you. That's why Hebrews 12, 1 and, you know, and verse 2. And he's saying, I like the way the Amplified puts it. He said, for looking away from all that will distract. Did you see that? Unto Jesus. Did you see that? Who's the author and finisher of faith? Of course, first of all, he tells you to, uh, uh, you know, run the race uh, before us. Lay aside this, this, the, the sin that easily besets and lay aside every weight and the sin that doth easily beset. Did you see? And then the, it says, looking away. Put it in the Amplified class. Good. So, looking away from all that will distract. Did you see that? To Jesus. So, it means there are many things that could possibly distract you. It says, look away from all that will distract and then put your attention and your focus on Jesus. Put your focus where it ought to be. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, so, the enemy knows that if you look at what God is showing you, you will make it. So, what is his assignment? He wants to distract you. He wants to distract you. Usually, it's not that people don't have a word from the Lord. It's that they are distracted from it. Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. That's a word. The wind notwithstanding, the storm notwithstanding, he has already said, let us go to the other side. But when the wind came, when the storms rose, they got distracted from the word. So they're now seeing what the wind is saying. What is the wind saying? You're going to die. What is the storm saying? You're never going to make it. Well, the devil has spoken. However, God spoke first. So tell the devil to shut up. And lay hold on what God said. Lay hold on what God said. As I told you, the, the, the character of God's word is that God speaks ahead. So it is you as a believer that must ensure you don't let go of what God told you. Don't let go of what God told you. Hold on to what God said to you. God has told you there's provision for you. You now get there, you look around in the physical, you can't see it. Don't let that now get on your lips and corrupt your confession. Because if God said there's provision there, it has to be there somewhere. (laughs) Woo! It has to be there somewhere. It has to be there somewhere. Oh, it's there somewhere. The healing is there somewhere. 
My God, the provision is there somewhere. Somewhere in this year, 2023, your, your wedding day is there somewhere. Is there somewhere? Glory to God. Your house is there somewhere. Your job is there somewhere. Is there somewhere? Is there somewhere? Your baby is there somewhere. Glory to God. And you go to the hospital, they test you. They say, this womb cannot carry a baby. Tell them, tell them. The babies are there somewhere. They are there somewhere. They are there somewhere. Whatever you aspire to become that seems to have been impossible. Listen, it is there somewhere in your future. It's there somewhere. It's there. It's there somewhere. It's there somewhere. Believe God for it. You will get there. You will lay hold of it. It is yours. Since God already said it, nothing can change it. The devil can't stop it. The devil can't stand it. There is nothing he can do about it. There's nothing he can do about it. I don't know who it is I'm speaking to right now, but I hear the Lord say to tell somebody, you will live a normal life. You are not just going to be happy like everybody else. You will be super happy. You are not just going to be healthy like everybody. You will be super healthy. My God. The devil has been lying to you. Telling you you are not going to make it. He's telling you you are so fragmented. You are so broken. How can you ever come together again? That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie of the devil. There is a new day for you. It's a new day. It's a new day. Glory to God. It's a new day. Ha ha ha. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. You know, listen to me. Sometimes people don't realize how powerful God is. Of all the days that could be on the calendar, when he was going to raise Jesus from the dead, he made a special day called the day of resurrection. And when the word of God speaks about it, he says, this is the day the Lord has made. It's not, I know we sing it as though this is the resurrection day, so to speak. This is the day the Lord has made. In other words, he made that day for this purpose. That today, that was my son. Today have I begotten thee. <laughs> so, if there was a day marked for the resurrection of Christ, there is a day marked for your expectation to manifest. <laughs> Those words were spoken years and years and years. Hundreds of years. 
And yet it happened. See the precision. Like that. It's going to happen. That word flew over the ages and times. Designed to be around the Passover. He didn't miss one day. Jesus kept saying, the Son of Man will be crucified on the third day. On the third day. On the third day. It happened so quick that when Mary came early in the morning, he had left. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they just said, you came late. Oh the Lord. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and he said those words all through his life, all through his ministry, three three and a half years at least recorded I'm sure it wasn't just those three and a half years he said he must have been saying it from when he was a little boy from, one, from the point where he knew this was his, his, his the consciousness of it came upon him so I've been saying it over and over pull down this temple John 2 in three days I read it up again he said it took 42 years to build this thing and would you raise it in three days he said he spoke of the temple of his own body he kept saying it except the corner of wind falls to the earth and dies in the body of the Lord kept speaking about himself he was so certain about it and that's it again you see because he had captured the vision so he kept speaking it out in words he had captured the vision he had kept thou shalt not leave my soul in hell neither will you suffer your holy one to see corruption in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand the pleasures evermore he kept saying it glory to god because that's what he saw <laughs> He's the one who said it. I said the Lord before me, Psalm 16. He's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. <laughs> That's why you must say what you see. <laughs> you must say what you see. You must say what is yours. You must say what you see. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's why it's wisdom to write it down. Because when it is written, you can always refer to it and say it again. And say it again. And say it again. And say it again. You know, you'd be amazed at how powerful the anointing in God's word is. How it can break a hold of fear instantly. Just like that, I tell you. Just like that. Now, I tell you, one of the most powerful ways you can break fear from your life is lay hold of the word God has given you. Put it on your mouth. Speak against that spirit of fear. Like that, it's going to leave. Just like that, like the top of a finger. You need to begin to appreciate the anointing in God's word. The anointing of God's word. Say instantly, you're going to see the power of God release. Don't tolerate fear in your life. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't let devils carry you. Somebody hear what I'm saying? The future is bright. The future is bright. The future is not bleak, it's bright. The future is not bleak, it's bright. 
this is what happens to you. And you are going to have to do that thing again. And then we can tell you, well, you know, because that's one of the m- most, you know, tricky thing about experiences. It's something you've experienced, something not so powerful the first time. And you have to go through the same course of life again. The devil begins to try to harass you with the memory of the previous experience. Well, that's a defilement of the enemy. The blood can take care of that. <laughs> say after me, say the blood, the blood cleanses, me cleanses me from every defilement, every defilement of, the of the enemy. Say it again, say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses, me cleanses me from every defilement, every defilement of the enemy. Do you believe that? No matter how many times you go declare that by yourself, you say it with faith in your heart. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from every defilement of the enemy. It cleanses me from every defilement of the enemy. I'm not going to suffer those kind of things again. Never. Never. <laughs> You're a lady, your heart was broken by, you know, a brother or maybe brothers now. You tried relationship. And the broken you have many times. The devil wants to now make you live in fear. But because of the blood of Jesus, you don't have to live in fear the rest of your life. You don't have to. You suffered a miscarriage. Satan wants to now make you feel like it's going to happen again. No! It's not going to happen again. It's not good. Because right now, he's going to try to begin to prep you up for that. Don't get prepped up by Satan. Get pumped up by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Let the Holy Ghost pump you up. <laughs> so the blood will make you forget. I'm telling you, the blood will make you forget. The blood will make you forget. Because you see, that, that, that fear from the memory of a previous pain or loss is a defilement of Satan. It's a defilement of Satan. You weren't born that way, you weren't created that way. The defile. devil wants to defile you. You see, the devil is so crazy he, and so wicked. He not only wants to hurt a person, but he wants to also use the memory of the heart to defile them. See the wickedness. But the blood stops that. You know, Wiggles what used to say, there is nothing in me the blood does not cleanse. There is nothing in me the blood does not cleanse. It cleanses my emotions. <laughs> For thou hast redeemed my eyes from tears, my soul from death, and my feet from falling. So I will not trip over the same things again. I will not cry over the same things again and again. And I'm not going to die. I will live to declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. Shout amen if you believe something. (laughs) Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So in Job 33 also, verse 14 to 15, Elihu or Elihu, (laughs) he says, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men in slumberings upon the bed 
So notice again, he uses the word, she's uh, your name. That's a Hebrew word. So notice he speaks of visions as one of the ways through which God speaks to men. That is, Elihu speaks of visions as one of the ways through which God speaks to men. I read it again. Job, the 33rd chapter, verse 14 to 15. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not in a dream. The Bible says God speaks to him in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed. So notice that. God can speak to you through visions. And that's why Joel, Joel 2.28, he said, In the last days shall come to pass, I shall pour, out, I pour, my, pour my spirit upon all flesh. And he says, Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions. Because the Lord is showing them. And he will use it as one of the means of communication. Did you see that now? We're talking about visions now, even visions of the night. That so um, you sleep and then you, in your sleep you see a vision. Yeah, that can be God. It's one of the ways God can talk to you. Now, vision is, in itself is not a gift of the Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. So vision is not a gift of the Spirit. So God can speak to you through a vision. And the gifts of the Spirit can actually manifest through the vision. You can actually get a word of knowledge in a vision. A word of wisdom. Uh, an example of that is in Acts chapter 9. And from verse 10, Ananias. <coughs> Remember that Ananias, the Bible says, the Lord spoke to him in a vision. And God gave him a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom at the same time. So notice in verse 10, Acts 9. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision. The Lord spoke to him in a vision. Can you see that? Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. So notice there, there's a mix of word of wisdom and word of knowledge. Word of wisdom speaks about the future. Word of knowledge tells you about what is past or present. So he tells him, you see, there's a, a, a man praying. The man has seen you in a vision. That's word of knowledge still. Did you see that? And then he gives him the location. And uh, in verse 12, he had seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. So he said to him already, when you get there, this man has also seen you coming. That's the word of knowledge. But what you will do now, that's what a wisdom. He has seen you coming to lay your hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Now, you, you would think that maybe all this was God typing it. No. All these things described here most likely was just a flash. Just like that. That's how it works. I'm like that. Just comes like a flash in your spirit. Like an imagination, a thought. That's why you must learn to design God in your thoughts. So that's how God speaks. A lot can happen in a flash.
That's why it's time to switch that part of your Christian life on. God will turn that side on in your Christian life. The seeing side. The seeing side. Where you just boom like that. It just comes into your consciousness. Like that. And usually when you receive those kind of flashes, as you pray, details begin to unfold. You know, those of you who are pastors, I told you, if the Lord allows me, if it's one of the things the Lord will allow me to do, probably write on pastoring by the inward witness. I think I've mentioned it already. Yeah. Because that's the primary way to pastor. You pastor by the inward witness. And this inward witness, how does he even communicate? Is that in images? It's in images. Because a lot of things just begin to drop in your consciousness as a pastor. A lot of things begin to drop in your consciousness. You just know things. You just know things. How, how, how do you lead a congregation from one season into another, from one level to another level? How do you know that it's time to change levels? You don't just come and say we're changing levels. It's because God showed you. You just see it in your spirit. It's time for us to move. It's time for us to do these things. We have entered the season where we should be doing so and so. We don't just say those things by permutation. We see it. It is because we saw it in the first place that makes it possible for us to enter into it. As a family, a husband, head of a family, head of a home, you must switch that side on. And you get what I'm saying? So that it's not about, uh, uh, you know, let's just, let's just get another house. No. Or oh, we've saved up enough money. It's time to start building. No. You will see it. You will see it. When it says, except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain, in vain that build it. You don't know what it means. Except the Lord build the house means, except he has shown you that he has built it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is when you can start working on building. Yes, sir. If you start building what God did not build, you may never finish it. So except the Lord build the house means, I saw the one God built already. And he gave it to me in my spirit that this is your house. So therefore, I know it's time to start building. Then we start building. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, as a pastor, one of the wisdom in pastoral ministry is the wisdom of patience. Patience in the sense that God will show the pastor something for the people of God, and the pastor has to be patient for the people to come up to that thing that God has shown him. So, and I'm saying this for example. The Lord has shown me last year, and I mentioned it to you, that it's time now for people to start owning properties. Many of you have not yet come up to it. But that's the patience of pastoral ministry. To not say, well, maybe because a lot of people have not come up to it, let's discard it. No. That word is still here. Because I saw it. I saw it. That Sunday morning, we're driving to church. Again, you see what I say. And I saw that flash. A friend of mine who is a lawyer 
I've not even told him yet. <coughs> He's a lawyer. We went to OU together. And uh, he has switched career paths now, more into interior decoration, building, properties, and all that. And I saw in a flash that I brought him to church to talk to our congregation because we had a lot of property owners. And I'm like, I don't have so many property owners yet in the church, so why am I bringing this man, you know, to come around and, and all of that? And the Lord said, well, don't say that. He said, I just showed you something. Go and declare it. I got to church that day. A couple came to mom and I after service and told us of, you know, their property that they just acquired. And the Lord said to me, that's what I just showed you. That's what I just showed you. Of course, since then, a few others got property there, property there, property there. But it is something that everybody must partake of. You know, one of our daughters here was, you know, telling me, sent me a message earlier today, and I read a message and spoke of how she's laying hold of the word. Many who are under 30 will get their first property before they get to 30. So I like people who remember words and hold on to words. Are you seeing what I'm saying now? Now, so that's an example of a word God has given, a vision God has given. And truly, when he says, except the Lord build a house, the labor in vain that build. But I can tell you now, there are houses God has built for people in his ministry. In other words, don't be afraid. Move in the direction of real estate. And own your own. Take your own. (laughs) Oh, yes, Lord. So there must be a vision of ownership first. Except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. They watch in vain. So there's a vision of protection. You see yourself going and coming back every time. See yourself in safety. Not in danger. As I told you yesterday that if God can't show you, God can't give you. Whatever he will give you, he will first show you. What that means is you can't receive it if you don't see it. What makes receiving possible is vision. But I see it, then I can take it. I see it, then I can possess it. Look southward, Genesis 13. Eastward, northward, westward, as far as your eyes can see, will I give up to thee? God said unto Abraham, still Abraham at that time, as far as your eyes can see. May your eyes see far. Amen. May your eyes see well. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Shout out amen one more time. Amen. <laughs> oh, yes. One more reference of that Hebrew word is Isaiah 22, verse 1. The burden of the valley of vision. What aileth thee now that thou art wholly gone up to the house tops? You also see in Isaiah 22, 5. He uses the word chizione. 
Isaiah 22, 1 and Isaiah 22, 5. The word vision here is also, she's Ion. For it is a day of trouble and of turning down and of perplexity, but the Lord God of hosts the valley of vision. So he speaks of the valley of vision, and that's the prophecy of Isaiah. And he uses the word again. Did you see that? Now, in the New Testament, Acts 2, 15 to 18, for their... For these are not drunken as ye suppose Peter speaking on the day of Pentecost, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Now the Greek word here is oasis. As H-O-R-A-S-I-S. Oasis. And that word means to gaze, or is the act of gazing. The act of gazing. But more importantly, the word oasis, which is used for vision here, means an inspired appearance or inspired sight. I repeat it again oasis means an inspired appearance or inspired sight. Inspired appearance. Or inspired sight. You know, this is what um, that agent used to call divinely granted appearances. There is a class of vision that is not just about what is in your spirit, man, but where God literally grants your eyes to be open. And and I'm not talking about designing of spirits now, and where just where you're granted divinely to see things. In Revelations 4.3, you see that word race is used. And he that was he that sad was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. Now, that phrase to look upon is that Greek word races. Like a jasper and a sardine stone. Notice now, you know, the person who is speaking here and he says, uh, and he that sat was to look upon, that this is describing, this is what it looked like when I saw it. This is John the Revelator. Now, this revelation of John, you and I don't have it. This is divinely granted. John himself did not see this all the time. This was divinely granted how many times? Once. Are you getting this now? And he goes on and he says, And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. That word sight, again, is the word oasis. So he says, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight, that is, to my view. In other words, this is the best way I can describe it. But he saw it. Now, this was not in his imagination. His eyes were wide open, and he was seeing. This is what I'm saying now. And he was looking and seeing like that. In Revelation 9, 17, and thus I saw the horses in the vision. You see it again. Same man, John. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. The word again is oasis. And them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth, and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouths issued fire, and smoke, and brimstone. Now, of course, I know you all avoid the book of Revelation. But you know, there are many songs in that book. You don't know. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Is a song in the book of Revelation. 
to receive glory, glory and honor, glory and honor and praise. It's a simple song. For thou art created all things, and thou art created all things, and for thy pleasure <laughs> they are created. Thou art worthy, O Lord. There are about nine songs in the book of Revelation. You can look for them. So stop running away from Revelation. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh yes. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. I've removed, I've run away from your key completely. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Be blessings and glory and honor and power forever. Thank you. Another one. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. Aha, you now know it. For thou art created all things, all things, and for thy O Lord, they are and were created. Oh, thou art worthy, Lord. Oh, thou art worthy, o worthy, O Lord. Receive glory, honor, and power, O Lord, for Thou art created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are. Hallelujah. So Revelation is a string of songs. Because the, one of the ways you should capture your visions is in songs. See, John the Revelator said, you know, said, and I saw them singing. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. You know, as we follow him in this year, waiting upon him, we're going to end this 2023 beyond what we could ever dream of. We're going to find ourselves in places. We're going to see 
in our possessions. Things beyond our wildest dreams. Because he that waits upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. Please. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not fear. tells you is man is naturally designed to be earthbound. Man, in other words, is not designed to fly. In other words, his movement is limited by design. Oh, thank you, Lord. But by divine assistance, those limitations can go away. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what Isaiah saw when he said, the people who wait on God, they will break limitations. Notice, he didn't call us egos. He didn't say we are egos. 
he said we will mount up like eagles it's like when you see a man soaring like an eagle what that means is you still don't have wings but you are doing what the eagle can do with his wings that sometimes you look at yourself there are some things that are your limitations oh thank you lord and i want to say to some of you tonight there are some limitations of your life god says stop bothering about it in spite of it you will do exploits in spite of it you will do exploits oh thank you jesus he tells you something very simple <laughs> the bridge between the limitation and what you are trying to execute is to wait upon the Lord so there are all see the limitation is common to all men but there will be those who will remain in that limitation but then there are those who will wait upon the Lord that waiting on the Lord is what differentiates those who will be bound by those limitations and those who will break them. At every point in this year, where you get to situations where it looks like there is a limitation, don't, don't be anxious. Just wait upon the Lord. Whilst you're waiting, He will carry you. <laughs> he will carry you mountain might seem too high but you will find yourself there ah, he said they will mount up <laughs> ah, they will mount up with wings like eagles Ramo <laughs> ah, so Lord whose wings are we going to mount up with is the wings of the Spirit of God. <laughs> it's the wings of the Spirit. The span of the eagle's wings combined, the two, is about 12 feet. When it spreads it fully, it's 12 feet combined. Boom! Like that. That's why you can get into the storm and glide. It's like a plane. <laughs> the heights that eagles get to, some birds never, they can't even dare it. But it glides. What a description by prophet Isaiah. When you get to the heights of life where others run in fear and turn back and tumble and fall, you will plug in to the current. And you will keep going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Says we will run and not grow weary. 
You know, he started out in verse 29 by saying, He giveth power to the faith. To he that has no might, he increases strength. He said, Even the youth, they will fail. They will utterly fall. They will get tired. So he's telling you, even youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. He said, but those who wait, the youth is describing the strongest of men. And when he runs to a point, he'll get tired. He have to take a break. God says in 2023, uh-uh. You run, 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 run. When it looks like you will have to get tired because of the grounds you've covered, he says you will find your strength increasing. 2023, no exhaustion. No spiritual exhaustion. No exhaustion in your soul. No exhaustion in your body. I told you at the crossover service, it is the strength that never fails. As one of the words that has come from the Lord that you've got to lay hold of. Strength that never fails is mine. I'm running on strength that never fails. Running on strength that never fails. Oh yes, Lord. So his vision is an inspired appearance or sight as used here, the word oasis. Then number three, there are open visions that are described with the Greek word optasia. That's O-P-T-A-S-I-A. Optasia. And optasia means visuality. Optasia is spelled as O-P-T-A-S-I-A. Where you, you know, that sounds very similar to optics. Optasia. And that's visuality. It is also described as an unexpected appearance. It's also described as an unexpected appearance. An unexpected appearance. You'll find it in Luke 1.22. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And that's, this is Zechariah. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. But did you notice? He really saw somebody. And that was an unexpected appearance. He saw the angel. Now, this was not in a dream. This was not in his mind. He saw the angel. That's an open vision. Did you see? An unexpected one. Now, the negative side of that is what is called an apparition. An apparition is when people say they saw a ghost. Yeah, that's a demon they're looking at. It's no something that somebody is dead and then the person came back to talk to you. No, the person is dead. The image that the person saw is the demon manifesting in the image of a dead person. It's appointed for once for man to die once. And after that is judgment. After that is not showing everywhere, showing up everywhere. When the person is dead, they are dead. Your grandmother is dead. So don't say, my grandmother spoke to me. She's dead. Say, my grandpa spoke to me. No, your grandpa is dead. Say, my mother, I love that. She spoke to me. Your mother is dead. Mama is dead. Let her remain dead. 
Says she talked to me. She told me not to marry that boy. She's dead. That one that talked to you with the image of your mother is a demon. And you, you don't have any business receiving instructions from that demon. Your business is to speak against that demon and cast that devil out of your dreams. And tell him, never in your life talk to me again. <laughs> you go to bed next time, you declare, I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus from this defilement of the enemy. And my dreams and my sleep are consecrated unto God for divine communications only. No satanic trafficking in my dreams. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? You can't be seeing any rubbish thing the devil is showing you. You are not in a covenant with the devil. And in case you enter a covenant with the devil, come for deliverance. You're not in a covenant with the devil. You're a child of God. Say so you caught yourself. Maybe you are one stupid boy. Caught yourself where you were in university today. Say, drink my blood. I drink my blood. Say, take. This is my blood. Shed for the remission of your idiot. <laughs> and you of you lick each other's blood. Lick each other. I will never leave you. Don't leave me. If you leave me, I will haunt you. And then you just felt there was no big deal. Now, of course, if you did that, there's a the big deal in that. Either that boy not died on route one. And here you are years after. The boy shows up. The image of that boy shows up in your dreams. You want to enter Koshi. <laughs> I'm yours, but... <laughs> and in such a case, even if a person has done that, it is not that boy that is talking to them. It is the demon that was summoned that day that is following the lady up and down. Can such a person still be free? Of course. Tell that devil to leave her alone. Tell her to, to stop being stupid. Stop cutting yourself all over the place. <laughs> you hear what I am saying? <laughs> So don't know something as ghost or talking to a dead loved one. If you keep dreaming and you're seeing dead relatives, all right, now you need to take authority over that. You have no business dreaming about your dead relatives. When a person is dead, it's dead. Yeah, you may miss them. That's, that's okay. But the moment you now start seeing them in dreams, that's becoming too far. Are you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes because you're fond of a person, you know, if a person, maybe if it's someone that recently passed, you, you know, I know it's a little quite understandable, you know, but re- not not so understandable either, anyway. But you know, because the devil can start using that to establish a pattern in your life, so you got to take authority over that. You see, let me tell you this: whatever you do in life, you shouldn't be doing in your sleep. You shouldn't be doing your dream. You eat in real life. You shouldn't be eating in your dreams. So God likes to feed me in my sleep. So why did he give you mouth? If he knew he would be feeding you your dream, you shouldn't have mouth to eat in this life. So it's not inside him that you should be eating. You have sex with your spouse in real life. You shouldn't be having sex in your dream. You shouldn't be having sex in your dream. You count money in life, real life. Don't be counting money in your dream. 
Say you dream, you count money, and now you are broke in real life. Could it be that you are saving your money in the dream world? <laughs> and now there's no opportunity for withdrawal. The money is stock. He put their money in Dream World Stock Exchange. <laughs> are, you, are you seeing this? Who should be doing that? You know, it's something like you know, the person who is bedwetting something like this is because he was he saw himself wee wee in the dream. He didn't know that he, he was it was already happening in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so in the dream his wee is that job you see but it doesn't look like in real life the wee is already coming on the bed <laughs> you see what I'm talking about now so you have to take authority over your dream life you can't be dreaming anyhow dreams and you know seeing dead people all over the place talking to you. What are they talking to you about? You say, but Joseph, I mean, uh, Elijah and Moses uh, spoke to Jesus on the Mount of Dry. Who told you Jesus was dreaming? Jesus wasn't dreaming. I'll take you there. It's part of the examples here, you see. It was a vision that the three disciples, Peter, James, and John saw. God opened their eyes. They saw, John, uh, they saw Elijah and Moses speaking to the Lord Jesus. Jesus wasn't dreaming. So Jesus was not talking to dead people in his dream. So don't let anybody fool you with that. I wasn't talking to dead people. You shouldn't be talking to dead people in your dream. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Yes, and if that affliction has been coming upon your life, I command you to stop. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Be free from it now. Amen. Be free from it now. Amen. Be free from it now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you notice that Zechariah really saw the angel. Next example is Luke 24, 23. And when they found not his body, they came saying, and this is the two disciples on their way to Emmaus, and this is Cleopas, and uh, speaking to the Lord Jesus. And he said, they came saying, oh, that is the, the, the women he's referring to saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. So you see down that it helps us to realize that when Mary and the other women saw the angel at the tomb, it was by vision. It was by vision. Did you see that? God opened their eyes when they saw the angels. Other people might have passed by that place and not seen the angel. But God opened their eyes to see the angel there. And the angel spoke to them. So it was not some imagination in their head. The angel spoke to them. He is not here. He is risen. Did you see that now? Now, somebody else might have gone there and didn't see the angel. In fact, if you read some of the accounts, Peter and John went there. They didn't see no angel. Did you see? Why didn't they see? Why was it that Mary was the one who saw? Because these are not things you pray for. They are divinely granted. Are you getting this? Of course, in Acts 26, 19, Paul says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Because you know what happened on the way to Damascus? He didn't see Jesus, but he saw a light. 
Do you see that? Of course, that blinded his eyes. Blinded his eyes. And like we explained yesterday, words were the content of that vision. Words was the content of the vision that Paul saw in Acts chapter 26. I mean, Acts 9 on the way to Damascus. In 2 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of God. If you read further down in 2 Corinthians 12, you will notice truly that all these things are divinely granted. Because Paul began to talk about the fact that it was a privilege for him to have seen these things. Caught up to the third heavens. Heard things too great for words, of the, for the mouth of a man to speak. Did you see what I'm saying now? He said, whether I was in the body or in the, in the spirit, he said, I cannot even tell. Repeated that about two, three times. Are you seeing this now? And so you understand, when you see the word optasia here, is an unexpected. And that's again the reason why I describe it again as divinely granted. Unexpected means it is not something you wished for. When Mary went to the tomb of Jesus that morning, she wasn't expecting to see an angel. She was going to see a dead body. So she still carried oil. The last thing she expected was to see an angel. I remember that he said the first time he saw the Lord Jesus Christ, the violent character appearance. He said, I didn't expect to see Jesus any more than I expected to be the first man to land on the moon on that day. He said it was an ordinary day. That was not what was on my mind. Did you see that? And that's the thing. So you don't go asking God the kind of vision I want. Open my eyes. I want to see all the saints, the cloud of witnesses. Don't pray like that too. Or else you join them. <laughs> Did you see that? Whatever the written word does not show us God has provided for us to receive, we shouldn't ask for in prayer. Because that opens the spirit to demonic flows. You don't ask to hear an audible voice. In Acts 9, in the same way, Saul of Tarsus, that's Apostle Paul, wasn't expecting to have that encounter. He was just going about his normal business to persecute the saints. And then suddenly, let's go there, Acts 9. I'm there already. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of these way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined. Look at that. So it's suddenly. Not expectedly. Suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Two things happened suddenly. The light and the voice. He didn't ask for it. It happened suddenly. It happened suddenly. Now, this may never happen in your whole Christian life. The many saints of God who lived and died for decades and never had any of these encounters and doesn't make them less. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? So we don't look for experiences. No, we don't go looking for experiences. Lord, I want to experience you in this realm. That's a lot of the rings. A reporter. And all this mystical stuff. I want to experience you in these realms. 
I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not satisfied, Lord. I want more, Lord. You know, the inward witness is not enough, Lord. I want more, more, more of you, Lord. More, Lord. I want to enter realms with you, Lord. Oh, portals, Lord. Portals, Lord, where you show your face to me, Lord. Where I can touch you. Where I can physically touch your face, Lord. Don't worry. Wait. They will bring what you can touch now. You know, those kind of funny things. Sometimes people feel that makes you more spiritual. You don't forget what Jesus said to Thomas. Because it wasn't there when Jesus first showed up after the resurrection. He said, I'm not going to believe. They told him, Jesus came. He's, he's alive. He showed, showed up here. He didn't even have to open the door. And he spoke to us. He even ate with us. Thomas said, no, it's not true. Said, I will not believe except I touch, put my fingers through his palms. Because I know they pierced it. So I, when I see that, I know he's the Lord. And I put my hands to his side. Then I'm going to believe. Of course, Jesus is all-knowing. And Jesus came for him. With his unbelief. Came for him. And said, see, okay. Touch. Are you satisfied? Happy now? Put your hands through my side. He didn't even care whether it would hurt Jesus again. He still put it there. What a wicked man. <laughs> eh? It's bad enough that they've crucified him. Now he's risen from the dead. You still want to go and be touching his injury. But glory to God, it's not an injury. <laughs> but I mean, in that state of unbelief, he, he, I mean, he, said, he said, I'm going to touch him. Jesus said, all right, go ahead. And then he said, now nah, I believe it's you, Lord. Probably thought Jesus would be impressed. I probably say, hey, Thomas, now you believe me? Because God always rebukes unbelief. He never affirms unbelief. Never. He says, you believe just because you've seen it. He said, but let me tell you, the blessed ones are those who believe without seeing. So you, 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 you reduce yourself when you wish for encounters. Spectacular encounters like you want to see something, you want to hear something. Apart from endangering yourself, you're actually reducing yourself. Because they're, 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 the most common way God will show visions, the most common visions God will show us are the ones I've described to you. It's in your spirit. Open vision is not the modus operandi of God. That's why those ones are divinely crafted. But every time you pray in the spirit, you see something inside you. That one is a must. That one must happen to everybody on a regular basis. It is impossible to pray and not see. If you are praying and you don't see, something is wrong. Either you've been wrongly taught or, in fact, you are seeing something. It's just that probably you've trained yourself to discard it. To disregard it. There's somebody speaking tongues for the first time. Saying, I'm afraid. Maybe I'm speaking gibberish. Or maybe I'm speaking against the will of God. Or maybe I'm mocking. Or, you know. And uh, why are you afraid of that? 
Several years, you know, ministering the gift of the Holy Ghost to people. Sometimes, you know, let's do this small teaching usually. And sometimes the challenge, you know, which I usually just knock off on people is, don't be scared that you may say something that will offend God. Because sometimes that's what a lot of people are scared of. Especially if you grew up in a church like where they tell you those kind of things, that you speak in tongues like this, you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, you're going to hell. And so you see that fear. So right there, the, the Holy Ghost has come upon the person. But he's afraid to speak. Say, I don't want to blaspheme. I don't want to blaspheme. So say, say no. Say, ah, I don't want to go to hell. Say. <laughs> Open your mouth. I don't want to blast into hell. <laughs> Acts 2 4. They were filled with the Spirit. And they began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit didn't speak for them, they spoke. They began. Do you notice those two things? They spoke, but they began. The Spirit didn't move their lips. They did the speaking. They initiated the speaking. They began to speak. And since visions will show up in my spirit when I speak in tongues, I can begin to see. I can begin to see. I can begin to see. You know, when we went for the UK mansion, all I just heard from the Lord was, go for the UK mansion. When you get there, I'll tell you what next to do concerning the UK brethren and the UK church. So the first morning before we went for the, uh, we got there the day before the mansion. So the morning of the mansion, I just got up and I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just began to pray in the Holy Ghost. They were flown so many hours and, you know, the descent of the plane, you know, there's a way it can be disturbing for kids. So my daughter told me the previous night that ears was so I was going to respond emotionally as a father to a daughter. The Lord said, No, respond with the anointing. So I put my hands in her ear and I prayed for her. And I left her alone. Less than an hour before then she came and said, Daddy, my ears are fine. I said, Woo. You know, I told you that because I used that to test that the power is working in UK. So <laughs> <laughs> Testing, testing. <laughs> ah, yes. My idea arrived before I came. <laughs> you know, so I began to pray and I began to pray. And I began to pray. And the Lord, like I said to you, that's how pastoral ministry is done. The flash came. Boom. This is the way the UK church will operate. You know, before we left, left England, the day before we left, a pastor from Lagos called, you know, and... Um, He's senior and, you know, I know. And he just called and he was just talking to me. And they started a church in the UK. And the pattern God showed us is exactly what they've been doing. And it was just like, oh, you know, and you say, oh, that's the way, that's the way, that's the way. You know, and all that, that's the way, that's the way. That's the way, that's the way. That's the way. So, wow. Beautiful. You see what I'm talking about? If it is of God, it will be the same everywhere. 
That's why it's good to hear God first. Otherwise, we'll probably just now go and be copying what somebody's doing. But once you, you understand the way vision comes, you know that you can see when there is a need to see. Now, notice you can begin to see, but of course, you are not the one determining what you see. And how do you begin to see? You can begin to pray in the Spirit. You can begin to, to pray in the Spirit. You know that age long practice forever is forever useful. Pacing the floor. Say back Prado Mosone, Tengele Mat, Shenamende, Shenamanede, Shedabacada, Sholo Bromonde, Shombre Legebande, E Mandra Mandasa, Vendro Mondre Ledeba, Mandro Mandro Lodade, Sendrom Belegetri Balade, Shandraka Braketre Lebade, Yegalamamma Manza, Yegalamanda Mandem Ze. Yegeleman dem nam dem shab, Yegeleman dem dim da shab, Yegeleman dom brom dom shab, Yegeleman dem dom de sham day. Oh yes, oh yes. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be seated for a while. So understand that. What is general and what is the norm with God, where vision is concerned, is the one in our hearts. So you can always lean into the Spirit to receive that one. However, divinely granted appearances can happen. But don't forget, there are no things to ask for. That's why we've seen the word of Tasia as an unexpected appearance. Everywhere in the Bible, from Old, even Old Testament times, they didn't ask for it. You know, Gideon was just doing his thing, and an angel showed up. Did you see that? The mother of Samson, she was just doing a normal thing, and the angel showed up. None of them said, Lord, send an angel to me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Abraham didn't ask to see an angel. He didn't ask to see angels. Just doing his thing, an angel walked. Three of them. And he saw them. Notice again in his case, he perceived these are angels. These are not normal people. Of course, we're not talking about angels today, but there are different classes of angels. Not all angels have wings. You see now. For the most part, Angels look like human beings. For the most part. In Hebrews chapter 13, it tells us how that it's possible, I mean, that, I mean, admonishes us to be kind and hospitable 
that many have entertained angels unawares. In other words, that you can you could possibly pass by angels without knowing they are angels. And those are the examples in scriptures. Because those angels are going to just pass by. But Abraham perceived these are not normal men. So it means they look like men. But he discerned these are not just men. These are angels of God. So he brought them in and he showed them hospitality. And they delivered their message to him. Some angels won't deliver the errand if you don't entertain them. <laughs> don't let them pass you by entertain them sometimes it could be in the realms of your thoughts like angels those visions entertain it give it some thoughts that's what Peter did he saw the revelation so when he woke up he was thinking on it although the Bible says he was doubting on it whilst he was thinking on it, at least he gave room. Then God could say something about it. As it happens on the outside, so it happens on the inside. Is somebody hearing this? So it's not every angel that is tall, huge, and, you know. I've encountered angels traveling on Lagos by the express road, you know, over the years. One time, you know, had a flat tire. A brother was driving me from Ife. And then in between the Badu and Lagos, we had a flat tire, and I saw the guy was just so scared, and I said, what's the problem? Is this just, is it not just flat tire? Let's just change it. He said, sir, uh, sir, I don't have spare. Ah. I mean, was it Jack or something? He didn't have it. Very embarrassing. Almost going to leave one stranded on the highway. And I said to him, I said, no problem. I said, but I've always made this confession. I can never be stranded here. And we stood there. So there was no spare, I remember. There was no spare. So the implication is you jack it up, take the tire out, and look for where to fix it, and come back, and then put it back in. This was evening on Lagos Water Express Road. We stood there, telling you real life story. The brother is still alive. And a vehicle I don't know from nowhere pulled over. And not only did he pull over, he came to us. I said, what's going on? Told him everything. He changed, he removed the tire for us took it, fixed it, brought it back, and fixed it back for us by himself. And drove off. I don't, I can't remember what he looks like. I don't know what he is or who he is. At least I didn't know in the moment. But my God, when he left, and I was giving thanks. Because during Thanksgiving, you will know who is the one behind it. <laughs> and the Lord said to me, that's an angel. That's an angel. That's an angel right there. That's an angel. That's an angel. That's an angel. Another one. On a, on a, in, in, on a January day like this, in 20, 2007, it was 2008, 2008, I was driving back to Ife. I had this bus, an American bus, and I was driving it back to Ife. I just started ministry. And all I had were pre-degree students. There was no money. I didn't have money to fuel that car, that bus back. And that bus boy, he drinks fuel like Shongo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, big tank engine like that. And I didn't have money to fill that tank. I knew the fuel in that bus would not take me to Ife. But I stepped on the road nonetheless. 
<laughs> and we're driving together. And as we got close to Ibadan, I saw the light that this thing is, you know, blink, it's been blinking before then. And this thing is going to stop. And I tell you, I kept moving until the engine wound up. That is, fuel got exhausted. And the car slowly, I know it's automatic, so you have to just quickly use that. And, and I maneuvered out of the express and parked. When I lifted up my eyes, there was a fuel tanker in front of us. And those guys were just there. I don't know what they were doing. And that guy looked at me and said, Ah, pastor, what are we going to do? I said, I can never be stranded. I said, go and tell them that we need fuel. Ah, he said, ah, people we don't know. I said, go and tell them that we need fuel. So he went. When they came back, they brought fuel for us with buckets. They climbed the top of the... See, I sat down where I was. They climbed, they dipped buckets and brought the fuel like this and fueled our tank for us. Till we got to Ife, the guy couldn't talk. He was just looking at me like this. <laughs> now, someone said, you're going to try that. Well, <laughs> you don't understand. At that time, I, I was a missionary. And I had to get back to Ife because I had no business in Lagos at that time. I think it must have been second or third of January. I had no business in Lagos. I had to get back to Ife on time ahead of the you know, resumption of my members. So there was no time to be waiting for who would give me money to buy for, for where. Keep moving with the one you have. Yes, sir. So don't go and tempt the Lord your God now and say because uh, uh, except you find yourself in that situation. And I've never tried that since then. So I'm just letting you know all these things so that people not go and say, I hear your testimony, I go and uh, <laughs> and I start looking for water to put inside your engine. So, <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying now? But God never fails his word. Angels are real. Ah, boy, they are real. (laughs) Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Angels are real, man. Angels are real. Angels are real. Angels are real. So sometimes you, you, you walk past them. You don't know. Sometimes I just thought about it. You know, the guy who kept changing tires for us. I just said to myself, you know, just look for one of those abandoned vehicles on the road. Just find something to do to it, to make it move, to get to us. And then, so that at least we'll not be afraid. Because imagine, imagine if while we're waiting like that, an angel descends from heaven with wings. Boom. I've been sent to help you. Say, help who? Say, who help ourselves? And that's the reason why they've been sent to help men. Yeah. So they look like men. Yes, 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 yes. So that men can receive their help. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> wow. So men, men think in their mind that it's another man helping them. Wow. But he doesn't realize these are not men. These are angels of the Lord. These are angels of the Lord. It's in the word. It's in the word. Positioned. Positioned there. See, they're looking for the file. Everybody has been running everywhere looking for the file. And suddenly, the same place everybody looked for the last two days. Then you come there on the third day and you suddenly see it there. Who put it there? The angels saw how you have stretched out yourself. 
He said, I'm your servant, sir. Just send me. And it was the point where you got back home and you said, Father, I receive help for this matter. The angel said, aha! And then he went there. He said, oh yeah, see. And he put it out there. <laughs> because they, see, angelic ministry is voice activated. Yes, Psalm 103 verse 20. Bless the Lord, these little angels who excel in strength. Who hearken to the voice of his word. It is voice activated. If you don't speak the word, so notice now, not just any voice, the voice of his word. So if you are, if you are complaining, you can't activate angelic ministry. But when you speak the word, angelic ministry is activated. Are you getting this, somebody? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The next word, and that's the last one, we are defining the word vision from scripture, is orama. H-O-R-A-M-A. Orama. And orama is actually supernatural sight. Orama is supernatural sight. Something gazed at, again, a spectacle, especially a supernatural sight. In Matthew 17, 9, that's what they saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision, O Ramah, to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. In Acts 7, 31, Stephen is describing what happened to Moses in the burning bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, at the Orama, a supernatural sight. And notice truly, the Mount of Transfiguration was a supernatural sight. Moses and Elijah, that's a supernatural sight. The burning bush, that's supernatural sight. And Stephen explained it here in Acts 7.31. In Acts 9.10, Acts 9.12, and, I, and uh, you see here about Ananias. And there was a certain disciple of Damascus at Damascus and uh, named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in the vision, Orama, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Verse 12. God is talking to him and he said, Paul had seen in a vision, that's the word again, Orama, a man named Ananias coming in. So look at that. That's why it is a supernatural sight. In other words, this word Rama means God grants you access to see something supernaturally. In other words, something you couldn't have seen any other way. Because now there was no way Paul could have seen Ananias coming to him. Did you see that now? And in Acts 10, 3, he says he saw in a vision, this is Cornelius, Evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming, coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Again, notice here, this is not just that he happened in his mind. He saw the angel, the angel is talking to him. Did you see that? That's a supernatural sight. Just like the burning bush, it's a supernatural It's not every day you see that. And then you see in Acts 10, 17, Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. So the word here, vision, when it says, now while Peter doubted in himself, what this orama, this supernatural sight. Now he knows this now. Orama is that's why I'm going to give you more examples of it. It's more uh, comprehensive as it were because orama could happen to you like a divinely granted appearance and it could happen inside you as well. 
Did you see now? Because if you notice now, in Peter's case, here in Acts 10, 19, while Peter thought on the vision, as Rama, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. In verse 17, he says, Now while Peter doubted himself what this vision which he had seen should mean. Do you notice that Peter was not really in his conscious state when he saw it? Peter actually saw the vision in a trance. Are you seeing this now? Peter's encounter is quite strange. He's in the trance, and in that trance, he's seeing a vision. Do you understand that now? And so, again, you will see in Acts 12, 9, he says, and he went out and followed him, and wished not that it was true. This is Peter again. Oh, sorry, before we go, right, let's go to Acts 11 first, I beg your pardon. Acts 11, 5. I was in the city of Joppa praying. Now, because I wanted to see again the emphasis of Peter in the trance, seeing the vision in the trance. So he says, I was in the city of Joppa praying. He's talking to the brethren at Jerusalem, recounting his experience at Cornelius' house. And in a trance, I saw a vision. You see, himself is recounting by himself. He says, and in a trance, I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended, and again, that word vision is Rama. A certain vessel descended as it had been a great ship led down from heaven by four corners and it came even to me. Can you see that? So in Acts 12, 9, and he went out. This was how Peter, after Peter had been delivered from prison by virtue of the prayer of the church. He says, and followed him, that is, he followed the angel and wished not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Again, is the word Orama. Now, in these two instances, Peter's experience is quite dynamic. In the sense that Peter is actually seeing an angel. But Peter thought he was dreaming. And Peter assumed it was a vision. You get what I'm saying now? But it was actually a vision. Now, this time around, a divinely granted or unexpected appearance of an angel again. And that was what made him feel like, is this a dream or a vision? Because the last thing he's expecting to see is an angel. So he, is, he still feels like, I'm in a dream, I'm in a trance. Like I did experience, you know, in the house, of, I mean, concerning Cornelius' house. And so, uh, he keeps following the angel as though I'm in a dream. Until he gets to the city gate. And he realizes, this is for real. The angel has brought me out. But seeing the angel himself, that's a vision. Are you getting what I'm saying now? It's not everybody that they sent to prison that the angel brought out. So God divinely, of course, sent an angel, but now opened his eyes to see the angel. Leading him. Rescuing him. Because it's not every time God would have to depend on a human vessel. There are cases too sensitive. Who would God have sent to remove Peter from prison? Without violating the law. Mm. But you can't arrest the angel. Yes, 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 yes. Because you can't even see him. Yes, 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 yes. There's no evidence. Wow. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? Yes, if the laws of the earth, and particularly human society and government, will stand in God's way, God will send a being that is not bound by that law. <laughs> Some of you didn't get what I said. <laughs> there was no human being that would do what that angel did and go scot-free. 
he will have to be arrested, prosecuted, and executed. But the angel hasn't broken any law. Yes, sir. Because the angel is not under the law. Yes, sir. Have you those of you who are lawyers? There's no way. There's nothing you can do to that angel. He's not under the law of the Romans. Caesar can't accuse him. Even if they saw him. They say, what's this thing? You say, I'm not a human being. So your laws don't apply to me. So I just walked somewhere and I saw people there. I just felt like carrying weight. So I carried him. I brought him outside and played with him a little. You can't arrest me. Because <laughs> God will never deal with me. So I said, like, how can he break the jail to bring out somebody? Bring out the prisoner. He won't do it. I mean, is it here that did it? <laughs> Let's even assume all men fail to yield themselves to be channels of God for your life. God will use angels. Angels will get the job done. <coughs> I'm telling you, you know, before we left Nigeria, we went through Qatar. It was a long journey. It was very long. I've never flown that far, that long. It was a long journey because tickets are so expensive. You know, the direct flights you can get from Nigeria to London is Virgin is asking $5,000, $7,000 per person. You know? So we flew through Qatar. So we went to Doha. So I went to Qatar too. That was why I went to deposit anointing for mercy to win. So don't say I didn't do anything for mercy. <laughs> but before we left Nigeria, I kept calling. The layover was 12 hours plus. Hmm. And uh, I kept calling to see if we could get a room to stay in the airport hotel. They have hotels there. And they said everything booked because of the World Cup. You know, I called like twice. The last call I made was the day before we left. I remember as I was, you know, talking to uh, Aki and uh, Steven on phone and just, you know, speaking with them about, you know, uh, the arrangements for the trip and everything and all that. And I just said to them, humorously, but not joking. And I said, if it means an angel will go and make somebody forfeit his room, the angel has to do it. Well, that's exactly what happened. Because when we arrived in Doha, it was midnight. And then I told mom, I said, let's just still go. Even though I had called before we left, I said, let's still go and approach the hotel. And boy, the hotels are beautiful. Qatar has <laughs> left the world behind. Even Europe. The hotel in Qatar made UK look like garbage to me. I kid you not. You should go to Doha. I'm just telling you. I'm serious. We got to UK. The hotel in UK, they look like dustbin. The entire elevator became an illiterate in Doha. Because we're trying to press it. They say they don't press, wave. <laughs> it almost felt like, should we not change our destination? Maybe we should stay here. <laughs> I remember, you know, we got to the front desk. And I said to that man, I said, hello, please, I want to book a room, you know, for the night and all that. We have a 
connecting flight to the UK, 12 hours flight. The guy said, fully booked. <laughs> I said, oh, are we? <laughs> I'm traveling with my family. At that time, I looked at my son. He had slept off on the couch. I said, see, I came with my family. Where are we going to? I mean, that we need somewhere to stay. He just, he said, okay, go and sit down there. I would do something. And, you know, all those are accents. I went to sit down. I didn't even hear the food. All, the, all I said, you sit down there. I said, I went to sit down there. And then, after a few minutes, people started coming. Whites. Different nationalities. They needed room. Every one of them, they kept turning them back. Fully booked. Fully booked. This was to one. Fully booked. Fully booked. Fully booked. Fully booked. Fully booked. I thought sometimes I told mom to go and ask her, maybe me, I didn't hear. <laughs> so that we are not just waiting in vain. <laughs> and by the time she came back, she said, the guy said, they actually found a room. They are trying to prepare it to see whether it's going to be okay. And she was like, okay, okay. anything. <laughs> <laughs> and you know this is the part because what I had said at home was I said it humorously but when we were on the flight before we arrived in Doha about an hour before we arrived in Doha the Lord said to me send an angel ahead I heard it very clearly send the angel ahead and let him prepare things I said an angel go ahead of us now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we have help one of the things we, when we were praying, the Lord said to mom and I for the trip was, it's going to be smooth. And I'll tell you, they got us a family room. Two beds. Two beds for us to, you know, sleep comfortably. I tell you, we slept sincerely speaking. Hey. When we entered the room, mom would tell you, Thanksgiving came out of my mouth. You know, it's like I'm saying, Jesus is real. Will, I'm telling you. <laughs> because that was the only way I could express myself, sincerely speaking. Sincerely speaking. Because people were sleeping on the floor. At the airport, yeah. Yes, sir. I'm telling you. <laughs> so you imagine, God forbid, bad thing. You can't even imagine that. <laughs> How do you want to arrive in UK after sleeping on the floor? That arrived like uh, Osofia in London. <laughs> Did you see that? Because angelic ministry is real. It's real. It's real. See, not only did they get us the room, they made friends with us. See, they gave me money. Let me show you. Because the guy, he said, he said, what country are you from? I said, from Nigeria. He said, Nigeria? He said, what's your money look like? So I told him, well, we had some 1,000 I said, he said, can you give me? I gave him. He said, he said, I like to collect currencies. He said, he said, do you like I give you our own? I said, ah, why not? He said, it's a testament to this journey. He gave me the Qatari money. Now, see. I said, I will, I will collect it and keep it. They were so friendly. so, And I tell you, they were, they were stern to other people. Very stern to other people. I say, fully booked. Fully booked. Fully booked. <laughs> oh my God. This is what 
I'm saying? Because angelic ministry is real. But notice, the Lord reminded me, he said, activate. Send the angel ahead. Send the angel ahead. It is as real as when you call somebody to help, to tell them to do something for you. That is how real it is to tell, tell angels to do something. Saying that, in the name of the Lord Jesus, angels, go now. And I tell you, you are going to see them. It's as real as that. 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 Sometimes we don't see them when they are doing it. But they still do it. And sometimes God can divinely grant us vision to see them at work. Just see angels moving around. You say, who's going there? It's an angel. Who's going there? It's an angel. And these are the realms of the saints. Is there, the, the realm of angels is the realm of help. It's the realm of help. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, I remain standing. We're closing now. Two more scriptures here. Acts 16, verse 9 to 10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over to, into Macedonia and help us. So notice, it's the same word, Urama. So but notice this time around, he's not in his conscious state. He's asleep. But he saw something vividly. He knew it was a man of Macedonia. Did you see that now? Yeah. And he said immediately we endeavored to go into over, over into Macedonia, uh, into Macedonia, shortly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Sometimes, when your the inward witness is working, but it seems like you don't have much clarity, God can bring vision to clarify it. That's what happened in Acts 16. Because they, they had attempted to go to Asia, but the spirit forbid them. And that, that was the witness inside Paul. They attempted into Bithynia, the spirit forbid them. But that night, in a vision, clarity came. So sometimes when, when inward witness is not clear enough over a matter, God can bring a vision in your dream that will clarify everything. And that's what we're going to pray tonight as we close for clear visions. Visions that bring clarity. Visions that bring clarity. Visions that bring clarity. You know, don't pray that prayer yet. You'll pray. But let, let, me, let me give you the last scripture and then we'll go into that prayer. In Acts 18.10, but I want to give you background to it. We're going to verse 10, but let's start from verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, that is recently come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, because the cloud, that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome, and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own head. Heads, rather. I am clean from henceforth. I will go unto the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justus, 
one that worshiped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Verse 9. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid. <clears throat> Excuse me, he said. But speak and hold not thy peace. Verse 10. For I am with thee and no man, no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. But you notice, in a vision, God emboldened him. God said to him in a vision, don't be afraid. Speak boldly. No man will be able to hurt you here. He saw that in a vision. Two instances now for Paul that we've looked at so far. The visions brought clarity. The second one brought confidence. Don't be afraid of anybody here. Don't be afraid. So it means God can talk to you in a vision. And you know, I said that when we began this evening. What Elihu said in the vision of the night, Job 33, said God speaks to men. It's one of the ways God can speak to you. The Lord said to Paul in a vision, don't be afraid. I have men in this city. Now I was saying, if they try to raise an uproar, I have my men to quell it. You just keep speaking. God had to say that to him in a vision. In Acts 16, the vision brought clarity. In Acts 18, the vision brought confidence. So we're going to pray for those two things. Visions that bring clarity. Visions that bring confidence. Visions that bring clarity. Visions that bring confidence. Open your mouth. Come on now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Online on ground. Come on now. Visions that bring clarity. Visions that bring confidence. Visions that bring clarity. Visions that bring confidence. Oh, yes. Visions that clear the confusion. Visions that strengthen conviction. Yeah, come on, pray. Online on ground. Visions that bring clarity. Visions that bring confidence. Yes, 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 yes. Pray.
Yes, 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 yes. Visions that bring clarity, visions that bring confidence. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. You know, sometimes when you see people living in fear, it's usually from something they saw. See, a person who come from a nightmare. See how terrified the person can be. And sometimes if, case, if, if the case is not well handled, you see the person can continue to live in fear of the trauma of that moment. The trauma of the moment where they saw something scary. Now that's the devil's work, which is the perversion of the real thing. Because in the same token, God can show you something that will make you bold for the rest of your life. And I pray that your eyes will open to see it. Every vital decision, vital area of your life where there's been uncertainty. I pray, let your eyes open to see what God is showing you. See the visions of God. 
online on ground. See the visions of God. See the visions of God. Some people are living in confusion because of something they saw. Their life is just in disarray. That's the attack of the enemy. But the workings of God is to bring stability. I was 11 years old when I saw a vision. That's what I'm still running with. I saw a vision. I saw myself raise that man of God from the dead. As I say it now, I still see it. It was a vision of the night. It's not a dream. I saw it vividly. Saw it. I saw it. Still strong in my spirit. It is the driving force behind everything that I'm doing. I was only 11 when I saw it. You see, that's why I told you. The things of the spirit, they carry a DNA of their own. If it's of God, you will know when you see it. This one is of God. So it is possible to see one vision that will remain with you for your whole life. It was one vision Paul saw. When he got before Agrippa, he said, Whereupon, 2619 Acts, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the enemy. Listen, they all heard voices. Only he could make sense of it. So it was not the one that, because somebody also said he saw it and heard it. Uh-uh. See, there are some things that you will need other people's witness to be bold about. But there are some things when God brings you to the realm of visions, even if nobody else has ever seen it before, and you are the only one who saw it, it will anchor your soul. If it's a man-made vision, it can't anchor your soul. But if it is God who showed you, no, you can't escape that one. And I pray for you. I pray for you. The visions that bring clarity, let them begin to beam into your spirit. Visions that birth confidence, let them beam into your spirit, man. Online on ground, receive it now. Receive it now. I believe strongly when a man or woman captures these kinds of visions, faith becomes easier. It becomes easier to believe God. I pray for you. Visions that steer faith. Visions that makes a man bold to walk in faith and live by faith. Let them be beamed into your spirit. The apostle said, we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen. Peter said, we did not deliver to you cunningly devised fables. He said, but we were witnesses of his majesty. Witnesses, not hearsay. When he received from the excellent glory, and the voice came and said, this is my beloved son. Peter said, listen, you can't talk me out of it. I saw the vision. I saw it. I saw it. That's why no matter how many threats were to their lives, they couldn't turn back again. We saw it. I pray for you. By the working of the Holy Ghost inside you, let the visions of God be imprinted upon your spirit. Let the visions of God be imprinted upon your spirit. 
in the name of Jesus. All lying on the ground, raise your hand and pray in the Holy Ghost. Let it settle on you. Let it settle on you. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let it settle on you. Let it settle on you. Let it settle on you now. Rogue of Elevesha. Rigabababadidia. Yege Gregelegadegados. Yegrege de Legodoregelegadish. Yembragadabandelabadosha. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. Makete Beredeshe. Yes, 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 yes. Lying on ground, let it settle. Let it settle on you. You see, the, it was important for people like Peter to have been witnesses of certain things because of the roles God had for them to play. You know, that translates to our lives individually. Concerning the roles God would have you play in his work, in his agenda on the earth, concerning his plans for your life, you cannot but be a witness to it. You must witness it. Peter said, he said, we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we declared to you the coming and the, the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus. He said, we're eyewitnesses of his majesty. Because we are going to be the principal apostles of it. So we cannot be those who will be hearing from somebody. We have to see. And I believe it's a pattern of God. If you are going to be chief in it, you must witness it. And for your life, you must, you can't live and fulfill God's plan for your life by hearing it from other people. You must see the vision of God for your life. You must see it. And I pray over you today. Anyone that the devil has robbed you of that vision. Now some of you as I speak now, the awe of God is going to fall on you. Some of you tears will be, the awe of God will come upon your spirit. Because there are some of you, you saw those visions when you were younger. It's as if the devil robbed you of it. Let there be restoration. The hand of the Lord is coming on you now. Online on ground. Yeah. The hand of the Lord will come upon you now. That vision you saw. The awe in that vision. The awe of God in that vision is coming on you again now. 
It's going to rest on you now. It's going to rest on you now. Online, on ground, wherever you are. It's going to rest on you again. It's going to rest on you again. It's going to rest on you again. Some of you, the devil has robbed it, robbed you of it through carnality. But there's going to be an awe, a reverence of God. A reverence of God. Yeah. It's going to come upon you. Yeah. It's going to come upon you online too. Some of you are just going to send the weight upon you now. The weight of it is going to come upon you. It's going to come upon you. When Abraham saw that vision in Genesis 15, the Bible says, an aura. That's the way the King James described it. It covered him in that moment. Oh, yeah. 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 You will see again. Everything that has come to cover it up, they are lifted. Everything that has come to reduce the potency of that vision, I curse them. Let the vision rise up again in your spirit. Let it rise up again in your spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The visions of God don't die. The visions of God do not die. They do not die. They do not die. They do not die. Yeah. They do not die. They do not die. They do not die. Just help that brother. The visions of God do not die. The visions of God do not die. They do not die. They do not die. <laughs> because God didn't tell you a lie. And God was not just trying to taunt you when he showed you the vision. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Oh yes. You know in the next five minutes I want everybody to pray in the Holy Ghost. Where you are, just pray. Online on ground. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. He's able. Go ahead and pray. More than able. To perfect what concerns me today, is able more than able to make me what he wants me to be. Is able. More than able 
come alive inside you.
to you, Lord, I lift up my eyes. Oh, that I dwell in the heavens. Unto you, I lift up my eyes. That I dwell in the heavens. Unto you, I lift up my eyes. That I dwell in the heaven. Unto you, Lord, I lift up mine eyes. Thou that dwell in the heaven. Unto you, Lord, I lift up mine eyes. Oh, that that dwellest in the heaven. Unto you, I lift up mine eyes. Thou that dwell in the heaven, unto you, Lord, lift up mine eyes. Pray, your eyes are open. Pray, your eyes are open. See the visions of God. See the visions of God. Let every fear die. Let confusion vanish. Let certainty be established. Let stability come. Hey, mama, shamama, Lord, unto you, I lift up my eyes. Who oh, that that dwellest in the heavens? Oh, unto you, I lift up my eyes. That that dwellest in the heavens, Lord, unto you I lift up my eyes. Oh, that that dwellest in the heavens, Lord, to you I lift up my eyes. Oh, that that dwellest in the heavens. Pray, 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 pray. The urgency of the vision will come to your spirit again. The urgency will come into your spirit again. The importance, the weight, the weight of that vision, let it fall on your spirit. The weight of that vision, let it fall on your spirit, online or ground. Let it fall on your spirit again. Let the weight of it fall on you. Let the weight of it fall on you again. Let the weight of it fall on you again. Let it fall on your spirit again. Let it fall on your spirit again. Let it fall on your soul. The weight, the weight of the vision. The weight of the vision. Let it fall on your spirit. Let it rest on your shoulders. Let it rest on your soul. Liba kasule bane, belega ba 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 shabala ba ba ya ba, lega ba la ba 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 shabala ba ba ya. Online on ground, online on ground. The weight, the weight of it, the weight of it, the weight of it. Ruzeka, ruzeka mbere, zumra kiaba tumbrega, ebro kubra kababa hai. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord.